What's up, friends? Today I talked to local entrepreneur Patrick Venavel. Patrick and some others started Badger Sports Park, Green Bay Escape and Axe, as well as Appleton Axe, and more. Patrick is also a podcaster under Servant Cultures, and he is really a proponent of servant leadership. So we talk about entrepreneurship, servant leadership, and more. Four, three. What's up, friends? What's up, friends? We're back. But why not? But why not? First. That was the first thing, yeah. First big one for you. Mm-hmm. Correct. Um, as well as Green Bay Escape, now Axe, as of a year ago. Um, Pat, why don't you start us off, well, and many more, and the Servant Cultures uh, Servant Leadership Podcast, we should definitely mention that, um, and that is mostly what we'll be talking about today. Sure. Um, why don't you start us off with question of the day, and um, maybe let's do the tag thing first. We got some stuff to give away, right? Yes, we do. Um, so the question of the day, what I would ask Northeast Wisconsin would be, if you work for a awesome company and you're a lifer, we want to know who that is and more importantly, why. What you know, in a sentence or two, what can they share? You know, X Y Z company. Um, you know, what are they doing to move the needle that captures your hearts, hearts and minds? Because that's that's where high performance organizations uh, thrive. Um, so I'd love to I'd love to know that. Uh, and then we want to give some prizes away tonight. Um, you're more savvy in Facebook than I am just from our initial conversation here. But um, we're going to give away axe throwing um, and or escape rooms or laser tag or go-karting. Um, so are we going to let them choose? They can choose, yeah. So okay. if they, they, they shout out to you. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, so here's the deal, people. Uh, we're going to give away 10 of 10... Two packs. Or two, like whatever you end up choosing, it's going to be for you and another person, of either an escape room session mm-hmm. at Green Bay Escape, uh, axe throwing at the same place, Green Bay Escape and axe, mm-hmm. um, uh, laser tag at Badger Sports Park, or... Well, even at Badger, we would just do like two, three-hour utopias, and okay. they could do whatever they want. Okay, sweet. Yeah. So the first 10 people that, are, uh, that tag someone... The tag the person that they would bring, um, and well, it, I guess it's tricky because not everyone can answer that question of the day, right? I guess there are some unemployed people or people that are. Well, so there's a follow-up question, too, right? <laughs> Which is, um, well, it, when we before we went live here, it was you know what what could the question of the day be? And I said I want to know what great organizations are out there and what they're doing, uh, and then. Um, the other part of that question was, what are people most frustrated with at their current place of employment or maybe former place of employment if they are looking? Former, yeah, right. How about it? Yeah, you got to be careful there. You don't want to get fired. <laughs> yeah, sure. um, yeah, we definitely want people answering the question today, but just tag a friend and first 10 people uh, get to pick. Um, an adventure for two um, yeah. in the vein of, of venturing in Wisconsin, right? Yeah. Cool. Um, so I guess to get into this, um, 
I, I definitely want to get to how you started and then, um, you know, in the entrepreneurship yep. field, if mm-hmm. you will, and then how long it took you to find servant leadership. And then I kind of want to uh, dive into what that is and how it can apply to people uh, both in the professional world's lives and in the real world. Like, sure. So, so where, like, how to start? I mean, I'd probably start at the beginning. Uh, so I graduated from UW Oshkosh in 1991. I went to the Twin Cities and worked at a Tandy computer. Um, you got to be at least 50 years old to even know what that means. Tandy but Tandy, yeah, it was part of the Radio Shack uh, Empire. Um, and we were selling uh, software, and, software and hardware systems. And we all got a phone call, a group phone call on a Friday. And they said, uh, you don't have to come into work on Monday. They shut the whole division down. So I'd been working in the Twin Cities for about five months. And uh, while we were there, those, and we, we were done, I'm like, I'm moving back to the Valley. I uh, got my butt kicked over there, and uh, you know, I was heading back. But while we were there, uh, a good I lived with my brother, uh, Gus or John Van Abel, and another guy we uh, chummed around with there was another Kakana grad by the name of Paul Clister. And Paul had seen a mini golf course uh, down on uh, 494 in Bloomington. And uh, Paul said, man, that would be a great business model. So fast forward about a year, uh, myself and another guy have this this um, idea to do ice cream drinks. And um, my parents' restaurant, what's that? Just ice cream drinks? Yeah, like ice cream drinks, like the uh, pink squirrel and the golden cat. So we get done with a big wedding out in Hollandtown at Van Abels, and people would come up and say, well, I need four grasshoppers, a two two pink Cadillacs. Back, this was big back in the, the late 80s and early 90s, and uh, our, our hearts would just fall as bartenders because we had one blender, maybe two, yeah. and then you know, you'd know you guess wrong, and you'd make 15 uh, you know pink squirrels, and you wouldn't sell any. And I said to my dad, oh, we should make them pre, pre-made, frozen ice ice cream drink. So anyway, long story short, I go to Paul Clister, who was a practicing attorney at the time in Appleton here. And I said, uh, boy, we should, we should do this ice cream drink. And he listened it out. And, you know, it was it, it just, there was a lot of, a lot of uh, government oversight on ha- making a alcoholic drink and whatever. So Paul said, you know, we should do that mini a golf course idea and my head Hold on. so he listened to your whole idea and was like that's nice yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. Paul, Paul is one of the he was he, he was and is one of the greatest the leaders and most influential people that I've uh, had the opportunity to get to know but absolutely Paul said we should really because we had talked about it in the Twin Cities and like I said about a year later he's now a practicing attorney he was going to law school over in the Twin Cities and uh, I said that's a really good idea so in about four months, we were open over on CE, um, really the Darboy kimberly area. Um, we operated there for 14 years. And then, <clears throat> ironically, Festival Foods came along. And my story ties back to Festival Foods in a couple of years. But ironically, Festival Foods and Lowe's came along. And uh, we had done quite a bit of commercial real estate while o- owning uh, Badger. At the time, it was called Badger State Miniature Golf Park. Um, we had done a bunch of commercial real estate deals, and so we knew Festival was looking, we knew Lowe's was looking, and then uh, we put this deal together because we owned that real estate out there. They needed uh, they needed our real estate, so we put a, a deal together with them, and uh, uh, we moved then 
you know, on our 14th year. So in 2006, we moved up to the north side of Appleton at the USA Youth Complex. Um, so anyway, um, <clears throat> had operated for probably 15 or 16 years up there. And I had belonged to a group called Tech. Uh, it was called the Executive Committee. And now it's called Vistage for people that are out there. Um, and it's where it's where CEOs and business owners, you know, hang out and collaborate and share frustrations. They meet once every six weeks. And uh, there was a guy in there from Festival Foods, mm-hmm. and <clears throat> excuse me, and uh, he, I, I was, I said, him, why when I drive by Festival Foods, there are literally a hundred cars in the parking lot, mm-hmm. and I go by some of your very well financed, worthy competitors, and there's an embarrassing fifteen. It just mm-hmm. wasn't even close. And he said, well, he said it's a lot of hard work. Uh, we have a lot of uh, a lot of people of very high character, but. He said, um, it's this thing called servant leadership. And he flipped me a book called The Servant uh, by Jim <clears throat> by Jim Hunter. And it's a 187-page book, very easy read. And by, I was halfway through that book, and I knew every organization I was a part of or I'd ever become a part of that we were going to do our best to uh, practice um, uh, servant leadership. And uh, so we did. We started to roll, roll that out in all of our organizations, and we became better. You, you never arrive. Um, so <clears throat> that was our birth into it. But really, in the first 16 years, we were very much a culture by default. We weren't intentional mm-hmm. about how we operate. Uh, and after that, we became much more intentional. Um, one quick side story was we knew we had to change our language. Uh, and by that, I mean um, we had, you know, we had customers, we had employees, and we had managers. And it just, it just didn't feel right to me. So I'm like, let's, I said, let's start a beer fund. So we have our weekly leadership meetings, and we put a $50 bill in this big glass uh, container. And we said, if anybody at this table says customer, employee, or manager, we want you to say guest, team member, leader. Mm-hmm. So that's where we started this process. We started reading the book as a group, and they said, let's just change some, some very small language in our organization. So if you ever said the word, you'd have to throw a dollar in there, and we'd match it. One of the girls that was uh, on our leadership team at the time was getting married. And I said, well, we know so-and-so is getting married in a few months. They said, we'll drink this up at her wedding. <laughs> so... But it was such a powerful tool because A, it was fun, uh, and B, um, all of a sudden those the word customer and, and manager, it became like fingernails on a chalkboard. Mm-hmm. And it's still that way today um, because we're just, you're much more intentional about all these small things um, and, and some and big things too. So uh, that's how we got our start into um, you know, kind of the whole servant leadership. Nice. When about was this? A couple of um, years let's ago? See, handful we, of years ago? No, this would be almost uh, nine years ago. Okay, about nine yeah. years ago. Mm-hmm. And you've been open um, on the on the north side of town. I think we're at fourteen at the original spot, and I think we're at thirteen now. Thirteen now. Wow. Twenty-seven years. Soon to overtake the you know more years where you're at now yeah. than you were I, life is flying by I, I it's crazy yeah so um what changes like what all changed i'm guessing it's everything but like you know um what changed first like when you adopted the servant leadership um program well, well to be honest with you we didn't know what we were doing mm-hmm. uh, i had read a book and we started to read the book together 
And uh, so Jim Hunter, the servant, you can find it on Amazon. Um, at the back of his second book, um, he's got a thing called Leadership Skills Inventory. And what that is is a 360 on uh, <clears throat> all your behaviors. So if we're, you know, if we're going to do this on Evan, our, our young emerging leader, <laughs> we would uh, have you do a self-survey. And this is really the foundation of what my consulting company, Servant Cultures, is. Mm-hmm. Um, there's foundation where you learn about servant leadership. And, and people, some people get hung up on the word servant. Um, it's really just identifying and meeting legitimate needs. Yeah. Joan, Jones, this thing I remember when we talked was like, people are thinking like subservient, but yep. it's really, it's not subservient, it's servant, right. which is two different things. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a two way street. It's, it's, it's not a one way street where you're, uh, you're there kissing the ring of someone else. Uh, um, not at all, but so getting that feedback is really the essential part of this process where, um, at the back of his book, he is called his leadership skills inventory. It's 25 questions. You'd fill it out on yourself. And we'd take six to, at Badgers, this is what we did. We took six to eight peers. It could be superiors, subordinates, peers, owners, anybody that's in your circle of influence, anybody you interact with. And then we're going to find out, okay, how'd you score yourself? And then anonymously, we're going to have all these people. Um, some of them could be, you know, a 16-year-old that we just hired that you've been working with for eight or nine months. It could be somebody you've been working with. This is at Badger. This might be somebody you worked with for five or six years. And, um, and all of a sudden, this feedback starts to come back. And it's mm-hmm. an anxious process. Yeah. Um, people get the anxieties, the healthy anxieties <laughs> rise. Sweaty. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting. So is there like a, is it, is it about highlighting the cognitive dissonance between like how you see yourself and how the world sees you? Is that kind yeah. of what you're building out? I mean, perception's reality. Uh, and then, you know, this is, this, this, we, we look for very candid, caring feedback. And that's the way that we promote this. Um, you know, if it's just like, you know, uh, you know Evans, and they just start name calling, and we won't even we won't even include those comments. Um, so uh, it's really just how how does the world see you mm-hmm. versus how you see you, and then the blind spots. They're like, really, I do that, and mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, this, all the data is right here. You you do do that, yeah. and it's going to be you know some of the stuff that I've seen is you know the. The, the person's always clicking their pen while I'm trying to talk to them mm. and it drives me nuts. Sure. <laughs> and the person would never know that because you never give them that safe environment. And that's what the first, uh, the first thing in leadership is create, remove fear mm. and you got to have a safe environment. And that's, that's where connection really um, starts to fuel. Um, but you have to have that safe and safe environment where people can share uh, this on your behaviors, um, but, but a lot of it's very positive. Mm-hmm. You know, it might be Evan is a guy that I can go to bat. You know, I know he's going to go to bat for me. I can always trust him. Mm-hmm. Yet he clicks his pen and he makes terrible eye contact. <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, but I mean, you, you get you, both. You know, right. You get both. I mean, it's a 50 50 mm-hmm. deal and it's so powerful because it reaffirms all the things you're doing well and it gives you things how we can raise your game. So then what happens with this info? What's like, what's next usually? Well, um, what, so we have, we'll have, we have the sit down with them and then uh, we're going to have everybody that's taken that leadership skills inventory and ownership, top leadership is where we start, but it does work its way into middle level and frontline team members uh, as, it, as it goes through the organization. But um, then we do the meeting, which 
uh, Hunter calls it open the kimono. And it's really where you're going to stand up. <laughs> I don't really get that. Yeah, that I think it's a like the, spooky, but um, <laughs> I think it's like, yeah, bury yourself, right? It really is. It's going to, yeah. you're going to share. And this is a vulnerable exercise. I think, yeah, that's the point. Yeah, <laughs> it, it really is. You're, you're letting your guard down. Yeah. And uh, it's a very vulnerable exercise. And like I said, the healthy anxieties rise, mm -hmm. but everybody's got stuff. And most of the people at that table, they know your stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, if yeah. they you know think it. you're hiding it and you're yeah. not kind of thing. Yeah, you're yeah. not shedding something. Typically, you're not shedding something new, mm -hmm. but it's just your awareness of it. Mm -hmm. So it's really this, you know, it's this reflective inward journey that you start to get feedback about yourself. You, you can tighten no one, no one else's game up until you tighten your own game up. Mm -hmm. And that's the, the, the backbone of this is, that, you know, it's the journey starts within. Um, and before you can have hold other people accountable you have to you know hold yourself accountable definitely so that's um the journey starts within is kind of um a, you know a metaphorical thing that can apply to anything right um and that's a lot of what's happening nowadays with i feel like with our understanding of um i you know i just feel like this is rampant through the internet just mm -hmm. like um how to work on your yourself and, and meditation and thoughtfulness and my you know mindful mm -hmm. uh so it, it makes sense right. uh, i think where a lot of people get hung up is um how do i start and what does that look like maybe mm -hmm. um and i think maybe what what stops a lot of people is uh you're you have to you have to keep consistent um intention and consistent effort so that being said how how do you keep that consistency um we'll look at it with how you work at you know how you work with businesses on the consistency mm -hmm. i'm definitely interested in that um but then too like how could you know how we'll get into this next but how can people apply this to their life in a maybe a smaller version that's not as um you know what I mean? That's not as where they don't have to hire you to right, help them, right. you know? So the consistency is it. And um, the thing that I'd ask any business owner, and because people say, oh, our people are our number one asset. It's the most mm -hmm. important thing we've got going. And then I'll say, well, can you show me written down an intentional programmed effort mm -hmm. that blank times a year, every other week, once a month, every week, that you guys show us your culture building efforts, mm -hmm. that you're trying to fuel better connection. Some people say, well, you know, not that it's a bad thing, but we took them and we, took them and we went ax throwing or we went, uh, you know, mountain climbing or whatever. And that, those are great exercises to do. Mm -hmm. Or we took them to happy hour last year. And though, that's, that's not to knock that that does help build community, but it is so much deeper than that and um, the challenge that I give them, and I, I read somewhere, was, okay, 1%, the average leader, um, I don't want to throw the dollar into the till, so I, I don't say the, the M word. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> the average leader um, spends about 200 hours a month at work. And um, if you can't give 1% of that time, 
So like if the boss of XYZ company says, it's two hours a month. Yeah. And when I say that, can you guys, can you carve out two hours a month for the, for everybody in your organization that they're going to be talking about um, how to better hold people accountable, um, how to, uh, how the conflict avoidance is the number one uh, failure of leadership. These can all be little mini meetings mm-hmm. and our company set up a one year curriculum of meetings. And <clears throat> some of the things that we talk about I'm, I'm confident that most organizations aren't going to dive headfirst into vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so many people don't understand that that's probably the, the number one asset yeah. that companies can truly develop. It takes a while to get there, but... Um, Is vulnerability? Vulnerability. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's not easy, right? No. And, and like you said, <clears throat> you know, it, it, it's rampant on the internet and the self-help uh, industry yeah. has just skyrocketed on the internet. And I think a lot of a lot of people are solving a lot of great problems. Um, but I think, you know, we fight so many symptoms. Um, you know, I think we have a huge parenting crisis in this country in in this age of, of parents making a lot of selfish decisions mm-hmm. and um you know now you see kids that are that are acting up and showing all these other symptoms um you do need it in, in the home and and there are so many great resources out there on the internet um it is easy to to read a book it is easy to, to watch a ted talks or a youtube and yeah. get excited and then having sustainable um systems and processes where you continually do it hunter in, in the servant says it's not about um this is generally not an intellectual exercise it's more about being reminded about your stuff more like facing your stuff yeah it's just you know scratching that scratching that scab and see yeah, i'm not there yet and you don't yeah. just do it once a year oh we, we saw the leadership guy you know you check the box and then you're good for the year yeah um, and you're saying about doing this uh consistently as an organization right definitely one percent commitment is two hours a month right and that that right there i think you know going back to what i was saying about applying it to everybody's life 200 hours a month can apply to anybody like you probably spend a lot of people probably spend 200 hours a month playing xbox or or watching netflix yeah it's like (laughs) just it's crazy yeah it is um i don't know if you can flip that effort that one percent just make it happen um what's kept you on the path and uh, and then so the path obviously to you you probably know what i'm saying but because you know you're on a path yeah i think that's what a lot of people have trouble finding is like you know finding the path because mm-hmm. and like you said it seems like we've have more access to and more people are, you know, you go to TED Talks and there's how many millions of views and um, a lot of well-intentioned people, but I don't know if it's just that they don't end up walking on their own path, that that's mm-hmm. why they keep falling or, right. or they never reach the fulfillment part where they can be better parents and better people. And, mm-hmm. you know, what's, I guess what's kept you on, on the path? Um, it, it's very easy to revert, uh, you know, to... It, Change, change, change is constant. Growth is optional. Uh, it's by Maxwell, Robert Maxwell. And that is so true. The world is ever changing. We're ever changing. Mm-hmm. And where do we always want to go where it's comfortable? Right. Um, if you want to grow in leadership, if you want to grow in an organization, your comfort is not at the center of this 
if, if I'm talking to XYZ company, or if I was if I was talking to a, a parent or a family that's struggling, which I'm I'm certainly not qualified to to dive into that, mm-hmm. but you know, their comfort is not at the center of this conversation. You know, this is gonna be some uncomfortable stuff where, you know, like in a, in a corporate setting, we do the 360 degree leadership skills inventory. It's very uncomfortable. Um, when they gotta stand up in front of all their peers um, and tell them about their stuff, it is uncomfortable, but that's where the growth occurs. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it, it, my own path, uh, you know, I've got four kids and a, a beautiful wife, and we're, you know, we're so blessed. You know, I practice gratitude, and I'm so thankful. I, 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 you know, I kiss my girls goodnight every night, and I tell them how lucky I am, and, and I wink at them. I tell them they're pretty lucky too. <laughs> um, but it really is. I mean, it's that it's a practicing of gratitude yeah. and saying, "Man, I, I woke up today. I had a roof over my head. I've got fresh water. There's some grub in the fridge." Mm-hmm. And look at the percentages around the planet that they don't have those those same uh, opportunities on a daily basis. Definitely. Or so you know, I think it starts with gratitude. But some people are living in awfully tough situations, or they're they're working in you know incredibly you know brutal situations where nobody cares. Mm-hmm. Um, there are there are a ton of great resources out there. Um, you know, I think it's it's that that inward look. Simon Sinek starts with why. Yep, yep. You know, you know of him. Um, I think it's you know foundational stuff, and people don't they don't buy you know they don't buy from you because what you sell is because they buy from you because what you believe. You know, and, and you know Martin Luther King didn't say I have a plan. Yeah, <laughs> I have a dream. Right. You know, and then you know where where do you find the fuel for that? You know, what are the agents of change? It's like, um, you know. Uh, maybe I had a, a, a near-death experience or you find out you're sick or you lose a loved one or mm-hmm. you're sick and tired of the bill, you're not being able to make ends meet. You know, who knows what creates that change where For it's sure. like, dang it, now I'm, I'm going to make it stick. You know, I, I tried this in the past and I failed. I mean, people are going to quit smoking, right? I mean, mm-hmm. to try to break those old habits is incredibly hard and building new habits takes, you know, repetitive measures. You know, you want to be, you want to hit a, hit a driver straight, you better get down to the uh, driving range, right? Mm-hmm. A lot. So I mean, that's that same metaphor. Is, is agents of change a part of the like the book, the servant? Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's it's really going to be, you know, what's your impetus, right? Why are you here? I mean, like, mm-hmm. you know, if 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 somebody calls us in, you know, our servant cultures um, consulting company, why are you here? Why? Why? You know, why? Mm-hmm. Because most people don't have their why established as a company. They might have something written on the wall, but you know, is it truly valid? Um, so let's let's um i want to change gears a little bit uh what what has been like the part of this uh the servant cultures aspect that's been the most rewarding for you because you've been doing this for what just over a year uh well kind of so at, at badger sports park we Oh man, it's probably about the time that I read the servant, and then I said I'm going to do everything in my power to, you know, make this a servant-led organization. Then I created half-day workshops that you can host at Badger, or you can host anywhere now. But uh, that's where they started, and I've probably given that presentation, um, which is really foundational because. 80% of the crowd's like, we've never even heard of servant leadership. We kind of like what it sounds like, mm-hmm. so they'd come in for a, a three-hour workshop. 
there'd really be a foundational stuff about what's servant leadership all about, who's been the greatest leader in your life and why, um, what's the difference between influence and power, and what are, what are those, why is one triangle, uh, we have a pointy top at the, you know, the, on the bottom and then, the, and then inverted. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was the foundation. I've probably given that presentation, I don't know, 80 to 100 times. I'm guessing influence is everyone, is that you, you're putting everyone else at the top. Yeah. So the, the invert, the, the servant leadership triangle is inverted from what uh, the power pyramid, the Egyptian pyramid, mm-hmm. um, where there's many at the top, one at the bottom. Mm-hmm. So responsibility falls to the bottom, responsiveness goes up. Mm-hmm. Your frontline team members are up at the top. They're the, they're the people that are you know making that that engine work that mm-hmm. those are the people for coach jones as you mentioned before at kimberly um he can't he can't make a pass he can't make a block mm-hmm. um so there he's there to serve legitimate needs of that organization and that's why um one at the bottom many at the top and then the old pyramid style of one at the top many at the bottom um you know is how you know this country quite honestly it was formed mm-hmm. you know after world war ii uh, europe and asia were in ruins and um you know we had the the leadership styles the management styles were so different until the 70s and 80s uh, mm-hmm. when you know uh japanese Did and other influences came in like toyota and yeah absolutely like yeah. yeah um was it different before world war ii or you just this goes back thousands of years i mean I, I think there's been organizations, you know, the, uh, the night, the night's round table, there was no one leader. Mm-hmm. That's why that table's round because mm-hmm. you have, all, we're all leaders. The first job of any leaders, first job of any leaders to remove fear. Second job is start creating more leaders. Mm-hmm. So we got to remove the fear in the organization. Um, and the second one is that we start, let's create leaders. Mm-hmm. How are we going to do that? Well, we're going to start making them a little uncomfortable and then we're going to, we're going to tell them we love them. We're going to make a, a safe environment. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that, but it's a, such an intentional effort, and it's so easy to get sucked into all the widgets. Whatever you do, the widgets, the service, the problems, the fires, all yeah. that stuff. It's so easy to get sucked back to that. And say, oh yeah, we, oh we didn't do anything this year, did we? We didn't have a Christmas party. Yeah, <laughs> you know. And yeah. that's how interesting that it comes back to intention. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because if you ask anybody who's getting sucked into the widgets thing, they would say. Oh, I like I intend to run a better business, or I intend right. to um, make things better. But I don't know; those things are vague. Yeah, you know. So um, one of the things I'll, I'll steal from Hunter again, um, he says intentions minus actions equals any four-letter word that you want to put in there. <laughs> you, you guys can fill in the blanks. Yeah. But intention plus action equals will. And mm. do you have the will? to see this through because it's going to be a lot of hard work you're going to say let's do a book review and you're going to get eye rolls you know it might be your business partner or whatever it might be somebody that you really respect and you start talking about all this intentional you know they're going to feel like kumbaya stuff hey we got crap to make Mm -hmm. yeah but until we have their hearts and minds we're going to be making crap Mm -hmm. um and you know that's why then those guys say well it's our number one asset show me show show me show me your stuff what are you intentional about that you can show um so have you worked with some organizations that are trying to approach this from the start or is, is it all steering steering a big ship that's been doing it a different way for the past um, decade or more so right now um really my first two legitimate consulting uh jobs um for servant cultures is print pro and Wrightstown. 
Um, it's a $20 million company that uh, my best friend, um, Tom Eiding, has been running for 19 years. And a year ago, he said, man, when I got over 30 team members, um, I just lost touch. Tom's a very charismatic guy, and he's kind of got this golden horseshoe. Like, everything he touches just turns to gold. <laughs> but he got over 30 uh, team members. He said, I just lost touch because we started bringing all these – all these people from different industries. Mm -hmm. And uh, he said, I just, I lost touch. And man, now our, 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 our uh, press, our press time is down. Uh, we've had more turnover than I've ever seen before. So he had been doing it for 18 years, let it through his charisma for m much of those, but then the growth really started and he just lost control. Mm -hmm. So there was no accountability in the organization. He didn't have a clear vision. He didn't have core values. Um, so in that case, we took somebody that had been doing it for 18 years, but very much culture by default. And he was really relying on his charisma, mm -hmm. um, which is, that's good, but you know, until you make it a system and process and you're onboarding people and, and what type of people are you onboarding into your organization and what are the what, what are the, f the first dose that they're getting rather than we'll go run that machine. No, here's how we behave. Mm -hmm. and, and, and it's gotta be very detailed. Um, yeah. So that was a case of one um, of uh, somebody that's been doing it for 18 years and then we kind of shine the light on it and they're like, now, hey, wow, they're all in and they, they really like it. And we're also helping Hoffman planning and design nice. um, right down the street. Uh, and they, um, I, I asked them, you know, that I, there's some new things that I'm rolling out and we're doing some beta testing with this leadership skills inventory. Now it's all done online and uh, um, they're helping us out with that. But they have, you know, they have challenges in their construction market that they've been around for a hundred years mm -hmm. but so yeah so okay so a lot of people who have been in it it kind of makes more sense yeah. um because a lot of times when you're just starting you don't have the resources to right it, it need, the intention and will needs to come from the person just starting right mm -hmm. they're not going to necessarily unless they know you through some other well, in in the vein the frustrate you know i think one of the thing one of the biggest agents of change is frustration Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I don't know how I'm going to make, I don't, I don't know if I'll be able to pay my bills. Yeah. And all of a sudden you start working scared and I, I don't ever, I don't like to work from a scarcity mindset, but just, you know, that, that, that people say, we well, got to perform, mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and as I said before, the one thing I do want to mention, um, is, you know, one thing that I refer to as a leadership horse. And if you're going to be a leader, you're going to sit up on top of this horse. Well, so many people fall off to the side of all, um, the tasks, all the widgets, all you know, they, they fall to that side, mm. and they they'll really neglect the relationship side. So there's tasks and there's relationships. And um, at Badger Sports Park, after we did the servant, we kind of did this whole thing that was like, well, we'll never raise our voice again. We'll we're gonna be really nice to our people. We really focused on relationships, and our tasks started to suffer. Mm -hmm. And we'll do almost a thousand birthday parties a year out there, mm -hmm. and we have to be like really really good to you know parents that are paying two three four hundred dollars for a birthday party they have pretty high expectations so things that pizza's got to be right it's got to be on time laser yep. takes got to be right there you can't have uh kids bumping on the go-kart track if you have a bunch of 10 year olds out there right parents can be pretty upset in a hurry so it really reflected in our scoring of our birthday parties mm -hmm. um so it's really that you know th those strong leaders it's about balance um and we at Badger, I said, what do you guys think the definition of leadership is? And my partner, Joe, 
came up with this and I really liked it. He said, um, we're building relationships while we're accomplishing tasks. Mm. So oh, there's a lot of great, a lot of great definitions, but that's something Joe shared. Yeah. I, really I like that, uh, that, that balance. Cause it makes sense. If you focus too much on pleasing everybody, right. The, the cake isn't being made or right. whatever. Yeah. Um, are you familiar with kind of like the sim symbology of like yin yang? Same kind yeah, of concept. Yeah, that's same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, give like, and take, right? Yeah, give and take. And uh, are you familiar with Jordan Peterson? I don't know if you would. I don't know. Have come across no. him? No. Um, I don't think he's as much as like you wouldn't come across him if you're already at a high level. But he's just like a expert communicator, basically about. Um, <clears throat> getting on the path like we were talking about earlier kind of mm-hmm. aiming up um and just kind of starting um but anyway he put it this way which is like yin and yang is is like you know it's the seed of dark in the light and the seed of light in the dark and the fish are you know going or going in a circle mm-hmm. but then the path is in between them like that's the way mm-hmm. the, the way is forward balancing or walking along, you know, with one foot in chaos and one foot in order. Mm. Um, similar thing, leadership horse, it's right. moving forward and you're either falling on one side or the other or right. you're, you're riding. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Are you a process oriented guy from like na- by nature? Cause a lot of this has to do with building processes. No, not really. No, I, I think I would be more of, and I don't know what the, the, the inverse of that might be, but you know, it's going to be more of a, I'm going to be more of a feeling guy. Yep. Um, going to rely more on, you know, charisma and, and, uh, you know, staying in touch rather than, you know, some, you know, system and process thing. But, you know, there is, <clears throat> there is a, there is a balance. I mean, it's really humanity. I mean, that that's where high performance organizations, I think live, Yes, you need systems and processes in place <clears throat> that you got to be able to say, "Yep, everybody's getting their dose of how to handle conflict, how, how to handle conflict, how to handle, uh, you know, why why is uh, vulnerability an asset? Um, why is fear of separation are the number one human need that you need to address?" Um, which is uh, a podcast, uh, gentleman out of Milwaukee that um, I'd love to share that with you too. But um, it's really. You know, for me, it's the, the humanity of it. Uh, there was a local guy here that said, um, he said, feelings drive the mill. Hmm. He said, <laughs> end of the day, whatever your mill is. Yeah. He said, because your culture is the sum total of all the behaviors that you allow to exist in your organization. So whatever your culture is, it is the sum total of all those behaviors. And behaviors are driven by one thing, feelings and fears. That's hmm. it. So the high performance organizations, they know they have to address um, the feelings and fears. And I said the number one fear that human beings are afraid of is fear of separation. I don't belong. Mm -hmm. I'm not blank enough. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't have this. I don't have that. So that's what we have. Um, So it's really diving into the fears and vulnerability that, that really goes below the widgets that... That stuff is all the widgets, and eventually the profit is simply a byproduct of, you know, the the the, the health, and the, the the health and the feelings in the organization. Mm-hmm. You know, what is it? What is it like to? What's it feel like to work here, wherever here is? Yeah. Listen, 
and you lean in, lean in and listen, and your curiosity will serve you very well if you truly lean in and listen, and how does it feel to work in this organization? Because you can have all the, the stuff on the walls, you can have all the protocol, you can have, end of the day, if a, a corner's getting cut or we're losing people, you're not connecting with them. Mm -hmm. when you, so um, when you say listen, it, it's kind of specific to your business, right? Like it could be listening to the employees, it could be listening to the customers, mm -hmm. like yeah. could be reading the feedback. Yeah, yeah. listen. Yeah. yeah, and that, that takes humility. And you know, uh, Jim Collins in Good to Great said the number one quality of any successful leader that has the have the sustainable organization is humility. It wasn't flair, it wasn't charisma, mm -hmm. it was the humility. And the humility is where obviously you're putting your needs, <clears throat> you know, behind you know your the the needs of others. Your your selfless act of you know real and listening is the first step in understanding how people feel mm -hmm. and then if you're humble enough to take that empathetic position um then that's, that's where connection happens yeah and that's where solutions can start to be right crystallized i guess right and they're they're a stakeholder you know whatever corner of their organization that that person might be in mm -hmm. they are a stakeholder in your organization that they might be making contact with your clients, your, mm -hmm. you know, Southwest Airlines and Herb Kelleher, who just passed away in January, ran that organization for forty, for forty-five years. He said the most important people in it were all really, really important. So it's those people that are in that, in that uh, fuselage, mm -hmm. you know, the, 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 the they're the ones the that attendance. are in the cabin, right? Yeah. And, um, Definitely. <clears throat> quick story about about Southwest Airlines. So I went to Milwaukee. A big wig from uh, Southwest Airlines was coming to talk about servant leadership. Okay. So I go down there and. And they're kind of talking about some, uh, some you know, some uh, systems and some of their ideology behind and all that, and and it was all good. And I'm like, I said, you know what? I raised my hand. If there's any questions? I raised my hand. Mm -hmm. I said, what are you doing to move the needle? And the guy said, you want to know? He said, he said we make grilled cheese, <laughs> and the whole place is all these execs down. MSOE is where we were, and uh, I'm like grilled cheese. He says anywhere that's possible. I task the leaders in our organization. We'll buy them all the big electric skillets that they want. On Friday mornings, we make grilled cheese. And this guy was in charge of North America. He was in charge of their world split into inside the plane and outside the plane. Oh, sure. That's how they split the world. Yeah. You know, the tire guy, that's one world. Yeah. You know, if you're, if you're serving coffee, you're in, the, in his world. Mm -hmm. And he said, wherever possible on Friday mornings, we make grilled cheese. He says that fuels more connection than we could, anything else I can think of. <laughs> and I'm like, really? He said, serving, <clears throat> he said, and he said the food's pretty, and you, then you can know, well, that guy really likes mozzarella and that guy's a Monterey Jack guy. So yeah. they get this whole thing and it's, you know, they're serving, these leaders are serving these people and it, it fuels real connection and it's a way to kick off for Friday and, yeah. and they work a lot of tough weekends. And that, that builds things that truly, you know, move the traditional metrics that you think of. When you said move the needle and I heard grilled cheese, I was like, oh, like that's where they improve their profits. <laughs> but it's no, it's the grilled cheese is the driver of the culture, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. there's more going on there than that, for trust sure, me. But sure. that is, you know, sometimes you're like, well, where do you start? Yeah. Connect, connect, yeah. you know, be humble, connect, serve, set the chairs up for your team, you know, sweep the floor when they're done. And all of a sudden they're like, wow, this guy really gives a crap. And then 
more good things happen and, you, and you're putting out less fires and maybe you're you know lighting a fire in people's heart you know as opposed to mm-hmm. you know fighting fires all the time definitely so something um you mentioned earlier was it right before we went live or i don't know if it doesn't matter but it was um surrounding yourself with good people can be hard i think is what you said so now what we've all talked about so far is kind of like the foundation Mm -hmm. right um or (laughs) the foundation that that goes off right um but the foundation of of what is good uh good culture that leads to connection um that ends up leading to um better widgets better service better whatever um at what point at what point um and and maybe this i'm sure this is something you've gone through running over five businesses um many different employees at what point do you know that it's not the culture but maybe it's some people within the culture or like and what do you do about that um well in you know complete transparency we were just talking the other day myself and a partner and said you know boy we're not we're not we don't feel in the last couple months we've been great servant leaders um you know we, we talk about this stuff and you know we've failed um in in one of our organizations um you know that that it, it is easy to talk about and but if you're if you're not making that connection with people then the red flags pop up um and one of the things that we said well you know in one of our organizations we never truly established the rules of the house and if if you come to work with servant cultures that's one of the things we're going to Let's clearly establish the rules of how, how, as far as they relate to behaviors. This is not how we make that widget. This is really about, you know what, I'm gonna be a more empathetic listener. I'm really gonna try to jump in the shoes every, or, and we'll, there are skills, there, there, are, there are exercises and skills that we're gonna do to work to become better empathetic listeners. Are these publicly shared or are these established with you and the partner? Like, is this established with the leadership saying these are our rules of the house? Because you said it's not involved with the widgets, but more so. How, so the leadership leadership owner whoever's whoever's truly you know running the company has got to say well what's my vision what do, what do I want to go down here mm-hmm. we're not just making stuff it's got to be deeper thinking than that so we, we, we say what what are what's the vision and then what are the core values that are going to support that what you know what's the foundation of our vision okay you've done that now <clears throat> um, these high performance organizations that identify and eliminate behaviors contrary to the rules of the house and the rules of the house are still pretty loose you might have four or five core values integrity honesty respect okay great but then what i've seen in organizations where they put on the wall well here's 15 things we will not do uh, i'm going to do my best not to cut you off in mid-sentence i'm going to do my best to like they'll have constitutions written on the wall mm-hmm. and it's just big bold branded stuff and if somebody's not doing something they hope that environment's safe enough that i can come up to evan and say dude number eight over there you're not doing that mm-hmm. and that's that's one of the rules of the house right yeah <clears throat> you believe in that absolutely okay yeah i think uh I, i'm trying to think of what the business was but there was some manager that i just heard oh it doesn't it doesn't matter it was not manager but um 
leadership, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's um, a dollar. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, basically, he had a whole list of excuses, and they were all numbered. So whenever anything went wrong, rather than wasting time listening to the the story or whatever, he just said, tell me the number. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and it ended up being a, a system that saved them a ton of time or something like sure. that. But um, I guess that's just what that made me think of. But that makes sense. And then I guess, I guess what I'm getting at is um, <clears throat> when you do establish that, there still is times, and and I do have to ask this rather than than say it because I've only had two employees, and you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. I've only been doing this three years. Um, but is there times where uh, either some people in the organization don't have the right mindset, or they don't um, fit the culture, or something, and like they they can't be allowed anymore, and they have to be let go? Like, yeah. what is that? <clears throat> So yes, um, uh, Dave Skogan at Festival Foods has a saying that I really like. You know, who are the C players in your organization? Who are the A and Bs? And that's kind of how he looks at A, B, C. And he said, <clears throat> what we do with the C players is going to greatly impact how the A and Bs perform going forward. Um, so he said, we're going to coach them up, and we're going to sit down, and we're going to listen. And what, what, what I've seen, Festival Foods, Southwest Airlines, um, a group out of Green Bay called Barry Waymiller. That's a whole. That's, that that might be another session. Um, but these f- real forward-leaning companies talk about gaps, and it's really here's the expectation, here's your performance. Mm-hmm. This is a non-emotional con. This is a non-personal conversation. Sorry, there may be some emotions involved. Yeah, these emotions can be positive or negative. Mm-hmm. But we're gonna. Here's a clearly set standard. Here's your performance, and if it's up here. Awesome, how the heck are you doing that? Mm-hmm. You're crushing our performance. We wanna know, we're listening. Mm-hmm. Or if we're below, we're gonna say, okay, my job is to serve you, right? I'm here to meet the legitimate needs. What's going on? Let me help remove the barriers. And it might be, uh, you know, Susie keeps coming in late on Tuesday mornings. And then if you listen, and if you're truly meeting the needs, you might find out, well, she's got a special errand with her child that's gotta go to the doctor every Tuesday morning. And rather than just you know punish her, you know you slow down. You have that small group. Maybe it's a one-on-one small group. Sit down and say, you know what's going on. You know we see this gap. So I see that term gap get used a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have to have those very candid conversations. Um, Brene Brown. Um, I don't know if you know of her at all. Mm-hmm. She uh, she's a really really big into uh, vulnerability and shame and and. Uh, it's all awesome stuff. It's really the foundation of a lot of what I believe. But um, she, uh, she's she got this, you know, that I've kind of lost my train of thought. Where were we? I, um, the gaps between performance and, and having candid conversations with basically employees. Here's your expectation. Here's where they're at. And like how you deal with these, what, what you call yeah, the C I lost players. My, I lost my train of thought on that. Um, but the gaps are, the gaps are really important. And your ability to, as, if, as I said before, <clears throat> that conflict avoidance is, is number one. So if, if the phone rings at Badger Sports Park, we've clearly told our team, you're supposed to answer the phone with a smile. Good afternoon, Badger Sports Park. This is Susie. How may I help you? Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden the phone rings. Better sports park. Mm-hmm. Hmm. 
So you've got a clearly, a, 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 you, you know what the expectation was, mm-hmm. were we clear enough in that? And then here's that, here's that performance. Mm-hmm. Can we let that slide? Absolutely. What do the A and B players see that always answer it the right way? I guess it doesn't matter. Right. So what you do with that C player, somebody that isn't um, performing, find out why. Maybe you have to find them a new spot on the bus. Uh, and as I was mentioning before, Skogan says, eventually, you're going to coach them up. And eventually, you're going to say, you know, we love you and we'll miss you. Mm-hmm. And then you, maybe they're calling you something different in life. You guys just weren't connecting. But if, if you have C players that aren't connecting and, and getting better, you know, it, you really, and again, you don't want to be that you're running from some uh, fear-based thing at all. Remember, number one thing is not about being, you know, creating fear, but mm-hmm. it's just being honest. Um, you know, that to be, to be, you know, unclear is to be unkind, and to be clear is kind. That's what I was going to say from Brene uh, Brown, mm-hmm. um, that to be unclear is to be unkind. And if you're clear with people, you are being kind with them. you got to be 100% candid on their performance. And if they're doing it right, celebrate the heck out of it. Yeah, I like that. Um, I'm 25, so I'm not, you know, I'm just getting started, sure. I guess, uh, one way of looking at it. Um, and I've definitely found in the past few years, um, just being on the path and you start getting better at stuff and you start communicating different and, you know, everything changes. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just like being as clear as possible, especially with, um, especially with people that you have uh like a shared history with i guess um really helps to like for for better or for worse it it can de-escalate like a a situation that two years ago you and a you and an old friend or you know you and a brother might have mm-hmm. butted heads about um but you know you're absolutely right i mean you figure out that way to just be like i'm not saying this to like just get a rise out of you Uh, like i care you know um so that's an interesting i've never heard of what's her name bernays bernay brown bernay brown yeah she uh has uh the book that i'm currently reading right now is uh dare to lead and her 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 first book that really put her on the map was called daring greatly um the people watching they can probably give you thumbs up to bernay brown because it's, it's very very powerful stuff she's got a piece on netflix right now that is awesome it's a cool. 55 minute piece and a it's documentary all, style a documentary type. yeah it's just her on a, on a stage talking about nice. vulnerability and uh you see that and you're like oh that is that that is a big difference maker that so many people just don't even they don't even go there they don't consider definitely so when i'm kind of uh like when we were talking on the the phone a couple weeks back um i was kind of trying to map out i guess um, all these different ventures you're working on and when they kind of popped up, do you feel like you're almost in your in your leadership business prime right now? Like what's... <laughs> I don't know. Um, compared to the past, you can only compare it to the past, right? Right, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, we, we've, we've had some frustrating things happen recently that, I, that has given me more, some real failures that has given me more confidence going in Mm. that i need to be clearer up front and lay out the rule lay our vision Mm -hmm. and the rules of the house here's and it's not some long list but like here's four or five things at xyz company here's four four or five things we will never do 
Never, never, never. If you guys do this, you may not get to work here anymore. You probably won't get to work here. Here's five things, three things, whatever, mm -hmm. that we really want you to do. Greet the guests with a big, big authentic hello and goodbye. Mm -hmm. Surprise them as they're walking out the door with a big old thank you and make it your own. And when they're there, you know, make eye contact. And if, if the first word should always be yes out of your mouth when a guest asks you something and try to figure out how to make it. Sometimes you do have to say no, but let's lean towards the first thing is, yeah, we can make that work. And if you can shine, you know, on somebody's day positively and, and we just create lanes for our team members, say, here, there's a lot of room to work in here, mm -hmm. but here's, here's where that lane exists that yeah. we, we want to get out of the way and let you flourish and make it your own. Um, you know, how somebody does the rules at our go-kart track um, might be a little bit different. They're covering all the very important, you know, the insurance-driven mm -hmm. points. Um, <laughs> but, you know, that give it your own flair. Make it your own. If it's authentic, it's believable. Mm -hmm. And that's the same thing with your leadership style. It better be authentic and you better be committed to it. And then then stick with it because you're going to get the eye rolls and you get people that, that don't, uh, you know, that want to see you derail. Right. Um, as kind of a final, because we're getting close to sure. um, when you got to go here. But um, so I'll give you an example of how I'll start with the question. So I'm thinking, like, what are some things that changed in your in your everyday life that ended up leaving or coinciding with like growth in business, whether you opened up an you know, another business or you, um, expanded or something big happened. Um, so like, and, and maybe you won't have something for this, but like in my business, um, I actually started making my bed and then there was like creating that, um, consistency in my life or, mm -hmm. and, and maybe it had to do with, um, being true to a goal or something like that, but it ended up leading to more consistency in my business. And then um, basically every big change that's been happening, like I'll add an employee and like all of a sudden um, I'm more true to my morning routine mm -hmm. and it leads to uh, bigger breakthroughs and um, more consistent behavior. And is there anything like that in your life? And maybe recently, cause it seems like in the past, five to seven years you've opened up like three or four yeah. five new ventures um you know i think those daily practices are are important both at work and at home um we spend for many of us sadly we spend more waking hours with co-workers than we do loved ones mm -hmm. you know sometimes you get home at 5 5 30 and i have two sixth grade girls and by 8 30 they're going to bed mm -hmm. um so it is a a walk between the personal you know what how how things go at home affects work how things go at work affects home mm -hmm. um you know believe me we're we're all part of some dinner table conversations mm -hmm. uh, whether we like it or not um so yeah that 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 inward journey when we talk to people about servant leadership or about our services, it's a personal and professional marriage almost. venture. Venture. I mean, um, I forgot who said it, but uh, leadership is really serious meddling in other people's lives. Mm. I mean, if you're truly going to build connection, <laughs> yeah, it's it's not just you know what's what's happening in the four walls at work. 
there's 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 way too much we as human beings have going on mm-hmm. you know you walk in and evan you seem like you're off today mm-hmm. you know what's going on you know yeah and uh, do we have that safe enough environment um where they're gonna let let their guard down and tell you and it, it may not be day one True. but that 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 human side of it and we still make really good widgets that balancing act right <laughs> yeah you know that that For i sure. think that to me, there are ups and downs professionally and personally where I really don't let my professional stuff impact how I behave at home, typically. Some days, probably. I don't realize it. Uh, maybe more rushed or a little less focused on the kids or my wife. Um, and there's days where you, know, you don't even feel like being at work <laughs> because you'd rather be home you know, with the kids on their day off of school. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, just just the endorphins that fire when people tell you that you've made a positive impact on their life. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's, I think that's probably the biggest driver that I've got. You know, when when somebody comes up and says, you know what, it's been, it's been a great relationship. And when I see you in five, ten, fifteen years, um, you know, we run into each other at the grocery store or a pub or whatever. What's it like? Um, you know, I know Coach Jones says, um, people say, well, how's your football team going to be this year? He goes, I don't know. Ask me in 10 or 15 years. <laughs> what, type, what type of young men are we building? Oh, yeah. That's what he's talking about. Yeah. It's not, did we go to level four or five of the playoffs? And believe me, you know, they work hard to, they, they work hard to build winning ways, but yeah. they're working on something. Their game's much longer right. than, than a 14-game season. Yeah. I should get try and get steve back on here that'd be it'd be interesting to to get him talking 14 years from now and like you know looking back at the you know at that saying and and what does it mean now right you know you know he said if if i'm getting him you know and we've had it too if if we're getting invited to weddings if we're uh you know if we're getting a text about Is something big in their life, either positive or negative, you know, something they're struggling with, something they want to celebrate. Mm-hmm. If we're getting that that call or text, um, you know, again, that makes the endorphins fire and you're like, oh, I, I you know, made a difference. Yeah, definitely. Um, any, uh, any final tips on how someone can, can integrate maybe a basic tenant of servant leadership in their everyday life to um get started um i would say teddy roosevelt said not all readers are great leaders but all great leaders are readers so that's building foundation and confidence where you know whatever it might be for you whatever book that's going to really going to help you build better habits and and figure out my why you know we have such limited time you know our the most valuable non-renewable asset that we have is time and it's all so limited for us um you know uh, you know, read and explore. And now, and now TED Talks and YouTube, you don't even have to. They have books that read for you. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, you know, that's, that's where I'd start. But, you know, you know feeling better connection is going to start with listening. Uh, and if people can let their guards down, you know, that's removing that fear at mm-hmm. work and, any, and a team. You know, if, if they all fear the coach, this, 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 it's, it's not going to show up in wins and losses. And when he sees those guys in five and 10 years at the grocery stores, they're going to act like they got a phone call and they're going to be hiding their head when the coach walks by. True. Um, I don't think that's a win. Yeah. It's interesting. 
I don't know, you know, you never know what's happening with the people listening at home, but that kind of brought everything full circle, I guess, um, in a lot of ways. Cool. I think, yeah. So I guess thank you, Pat, for coming on. Um, Servant Cultures, they can find on any podcast app. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. It truly means a lot to me. 